This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooko. This film wasn't based on a true story great opening but, this is one of those films not based on a true story but, but no the reason i say that was mm. when they were marketing it the director said it was to get people spooked about it oh is this one gonna be an actual not your hellraiser style is this gonna be an actual spook out it's pretty spooky oh. this is this is uh we're going back to sort of martyr martyrs level oh, spooker I thought we got out of the Peach you've got to face your fears this is one spooky night this is <laughs> it just keeps going <laughs> with different ties <laughs> the wardrobe changes all references spooky. that are clearly months apart <laughs> that's one of the spooky things about it I <laughs> but it was based on a urban legend uh, that this director said was true that oh. apparently there were services in much poorer countries where people can be exploited very easily where you could pay a certain amount of money mm. and you could walk into a room with a gun and just shoot somebody and that money would then go to that person's family. It was an urban legend that wasn't based on anything but this director <sighs> spread that to be like, this is a true story to get people super spooked because he has this quote somewhere that's something along the lines of, if people aren't leaving the cinema in disgust, I haven't done my job. Or maybe it's the same thing around. It's what? like, if people are leaving the cinema or if people are like choking or like vomiting or something, I've done my job. Like that's that's his shtick, right? He's a guy called Eli Roth. Are you uh, aware of Eli Roth? Um, he was in the Quentin Tarantino World War II mm. film. He was, yeah. And I think I'm aware of him for setting off the trend of the film that I think we're going to discuss now. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, is it called like the gross out trend, or what's what's the vibe? Torture porn. But oh, that was started by, but that was started by Saw, which we've already talked about. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure somebody listening is like, "You idiot! It wasn't started by Saw." But then also, if you're a torture porn expert, maybe have a look. Yeah, at your awesome. Life. Yeah, yeah, I'm a torture porn. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a torture porn expert, maybe, we don't want you listening to this podcast. Maybe Go you're home. not the coolest person ever. Anyway, Go off so to the Cenobite dimension. I wanted to find that quote from Eli Roth because I thought it like set this up and oh. I couldn't find it, but I did find a page that's the top 25 quotes by Eli Roth. Oh. I thought we'd go through some of them now because they set you up for like what you're about to see. Can't wait. So first of all, I actually think this is quite good advice for you, Paige. Yep. I think that many people are ashamed when they feel afraid. There's this thing in our society that you're not allowed to feel scared. You have to be a man and put on a brave face, but we all have fears. So that's a quote from him. Yeah, it's nice and original. I like that as well. Uh, here's one. When I go see an R-rated horror movie, I want lots of violence. I want nudity. 
I want sex and violence mixed together. That's not a great quote. Oof, that's Cenobites all day. What's wrong with that? Am I? I love that the quote. <laughs> I love that the quote ends with him realizing that the quote's bad. He's like, "What's wrong with that? Am I the only one? I don't think so." The quote actually ends with him <laughs> rationalizing the quote he just said. <laughs> to be like, surely someone agrees with me. Here's a good one. The scariest people are usually the sweetest. Means nothing. Man, this guy stinks. <laughs> Here's a good one for our podcast. If you don't want to be scared in a horror film, don't close your eyes, close your ears. Well, well, in fairness, in fairness, hereditary trailer with the spooked out strings. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll give you that one, Eli. Well done, mate. I think in a post 9-11 world. <laughs> Great start. <laughs> <laughs> With the images coming back from Iraq, everybody knows more and more people who are going over there. The images on the YouTube phenomenon where the violence is so immediate. Direct people need direct people need something stronger to respond to. I think that's where that's definitely where a wave of directors who are labeled the splat pack who really, really care about making great scary movies. I don't buy the argument that, well, everything you see on the news is worse than scary movies. I disagree. There's nothing on the news that is worse than Cenobites coming from a carnal dimension. Yeah, like, it's it's lazy as well. Mm. It's like, well, I'm pretty sure this is the case. Therefore, I'm not going to think about it again. Oh, here's where he rationalizes torture porn. Oh, Eli. I always say that no matter what the torture is... I the t- always say this. <laughs> this is what I always say. You'll see me day and night... <laughs> This is what I'm saying. I'm always saying this. I always say that no matter what the torture is or the tool is, first of all, it's nothing worse than what's been done already and that wasn't done by the church and the state for over a period of 250 years during the European witch trials. I'm pretty impressed with how rigorous his research was. (laughs) So, well done. I feel like so, like, uh, I think that's a massive generalization. I'm not sure laziness (laughs) is the best way to make a point, idiot. This is Clive Barker level. Man, like, can we take shots at Eli Roth? <laughs> he will probably take shots back at us. Sick. What's up, Eli? <laughs> Get out of here. Sit us with a quote. The thing about podcast hosts is that I always say they're dumb. You, you remember when I said before in, I think maybe when we were talking about Martyrs, how the directors of super extreme films are often, you know, are often, like, have issues in their own right. I feel like all of these quotes... Uh, like okay here's here's another one where i'm like what's going on in your life eli so you can pretend everything's fine but if there's an unhappiness or you're not having sex or you're not communicating or you're made to feel third best in the house and you don't address it and you just try to put on a nice face and a smile that kind of aggression and anger is going to come out in some sinister way oh christ like making problematic quotes like this is this is this this is the final one so the, the film we're doing today is called hostel Here's his quote on Hostel. Hostel is how I feel about what's going on in Iraq. There's people that just want money and people are being sacrificed for it. That's a long bar. A lazy one as well. So you've just seen the trailer for Hostel. Oh. I hated it. Hated yeah. it. It's it's a very uh, yeah. It's it's very meta because it's like we're giving you sick fuckwits exactly what you want, and it's like don't, like 
at least have a facade of saying it's bad. But I also think that's a bit of a cop-out. I hate when people do terrible things and it's like, see, we're just holding up a mirror to what you wanted. And it's like, no, you created it. It can't be a mirror if it comes from well, you. Like, Eli's like, these are your sickest fantasies. And it's like, <laughs> Eli, this is not like, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't think about this. This is not good. Let's, should we oh, do pitch? I think this one's going to be a real upsetting one, This is going to be a tough one. I'm... This is going to be a tough one. And what? Oh, okay. But, but yeah. also, if you made it this far into the podcast, you know, it's not it's not all fun and Ringu. It's not all, <laughs> it's not all 80s Freddy. It's not Freddy. all Freddy and Ringu. <laughs> it's not all Freddy's dad being like, I won't tell you where his bones are, you idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah. you got to find his bones, fuck <laughs> <laughs> I right. didn't do it because... <laughs> all right, okay, so... College students Paxson and Josh are traveling across Europe with their Icelandic friend Ollie. They arrive. Uh, R.I.P. Ollie, am I right? Shag, do I have good horror instincts? Uh, I can't. I think everyone dies. Oh, okay, cool. I don't think anyone gets out. Eli of this. Roth is like, Peach, you sick fuck. I killed them all. <laughs> Peach, this is your fantasy. You should know oh, what yeah. happens. <laughs> Thanks, Eli. Awesome, mate. So uh, they arrive in the Netherlands and visit a nightclub in Amsterdam, but get kicked out for fighting. Following that event, they visit prostitutes in a brothel. After they return to their hostel, they realize there's a curfew and are locked out. A man in a nearby apartment, Alexei, invites them to stay at his place that night. He convinces them to visit a hostel in Slovakia filled with desperate, beautiful women. Sounds pretty legitimate and awesome. Don't uh, don't follow this man's advice. Stop, stop texting. Who are these texts from? <laughs> I'm just getting heaps of texts. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're blowing up. I think it's really Is it <laughs> This is your fantasy, Jake. Eli, you're the worst. <laughs> oh, that's mine. Sanjay, what's up? So the three board a train to Slovakia where they encounter a strange Dutch businessman who touches Josh on the leg. An uncomfortable Josh yells at him, causing the embarrassed businessman to leave. Again, come on, guys, get woke. People can touch you. It's yeah, fine. Man, Just like... chill. Although, no, well, you want to yeah, 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 whoa. Wait, hang on. Shag, that's not hang the work on. message, my hang bro. On. Consent oh. is key. Yes, you're right. Okay. But if your mate touches you on the leg, don't be like freaked out. Just be like, cool. Men are allowed to show affection to each other. Oof. Yeah, in fact, <laughs> oh gosh, we're adding layers here. This is not like this is not the Eli Roth style. Okay. When they arrive in Slovakia, mm. they are impressed by the beauty of the town and the grandeur of the hostel and find their roommates are two beautiful women, Natalia and Svetlana, who invite them to the spa and later to the disco. Classic. I guarantee they did no research into the names of Slovakia and yep. they're like, Natalia. Has Eli been to Slovakia? <laughs> I don't think that's, so. That's a big question for and you. And true story, this was so bad for the tourism of i think slovakia or at least one of the countries it was set in that they had to do oh no maybe i'm thinking of borat i'm thinking of borat but <laughs> i think it's a similar vibe where this fucked up the tourism and they had to be like hey we're not actually all evil people who will kill you for sport well this is another coffee in a case don't anecdote right one of them there's this one fuck up where it's a dispute oh i don't oh yeah i could say fuck up um, where it's a dispute <laughs> We've with, a, so much with a financial advisor um, and some and some parties who accepted the advice um, to invest in Kazakhstani banking bonds. And I'm like, mm, Kazakhstani banking bonds? Like, with a ton of, like, sounds of it. Like Kazakhstani yeah. banking bonds? But there's, there's an element of me sounding, I think, fucking racist by being like, oh, Kazakhstan, mm, don't know about that. So... You know, apologies to Kazakhstan. I think we're going to have a similar boring... Eli Roth style. I'm the Eli Roth. <laughs> but I also think... Disputes. Don't you think we're going to have... 
Don't you think we're going to have a similar Borat moment that we had also with Jonah from Tonga? Where we're going to oh, be like, like Oof, oh, fuck. This sucks. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. What were we doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The moment's coming. The moment's okay. coming. Okay, my God. Okay, anyway, anyway, anyway. So, so, there we so. Are. We're in Slovakia. So we're in Slovakia. Slovakia. Sl- pressed Sl- by Sl- the beauty Sl- of Natalia and Wheeler's Svetlana. There. Svetlana's there. <laughs> Link is there. They've gone to the disco. That night at the disco, Josh goes outside, but is threatened by a gang of local kids known as the Bubblegum Gang, mm-hmm. and is rescued Pretty by tough the, gang. And is rescued by the Dutch businessman, buying him a beer to thank him and apologize for his reaction on the train earlier. Pretty tough gang if one businessman can save you from them. That's a say. really good point. I'm a businessman. You are a businessman. I'm a businessman. Yeah, uh, man. Yeah. Let's go find some gangs and fuck them. No, let's up. find people being threatened by gangs. Save them. Yes. Actually, you're quite beers. good at that. You're often in the quiet carriage threatening. Well, not threatening, but <laughs> dealing with threatening people who are being loud. I love your stories about that. And we will go on to them in a later episode. I Can't imagine. wait. Later tonight. And maybe it'll be. One spooky night only. <laughs> later tonight. <laughs> the longest night of our lives. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so, so, so. Buys him a bit to say thank you and apologize for his reaction on the train earlier. Did Eli Roth write this as well? Yeah, he did. Cool. So it's like, it's it's pretty lazily written, the parts. Like, it, it, I don't think it's true to the Slovakian tourist experience, <laughs> I guess. I guess that's the main point that the Slovakian tourist board had about the film. Yeah, it was like, it's not a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> but because it has low, like we were saying in an earlier podcast, because it has, like, it's it's slightly low budget. Everything just feels a bit dodgy. It feels realer because of that. It's that weird paradox of horror movies. The cheaper it is, the more real and spooko it is. Anyway, so, Paxton and Josh later that night have sex with Natalia and Slatlana. And if I'm correct, in the same room, it's... Oof. It's it's a bit like this. This movie is also paying out American tourists. It's basically like American tourists are gross. You kind of get what's coming to you. Oh, are they the clients of the hostel? I thought they were the well, clients. Wait, of the let's host- let's okay. let's find out. Maybe I've spoiled this podcast Sick. too soon. All right. So while they're having sex with the girls, Ollie leaves with the desk girl Vala. The next morning, they're confused to see that Ollie hasn't returned, and they are unable to contact him. Growing concerned over his whereabouts, they are later approached by a Japanese girl named Kana who shows them a photo of Ollie and her friend Yuki who has disappeared as well. Later, the group receive a selfie from Ollie who told them he went home, but they find it strange and unusual for him. They receive this selfie being like, hey, dude, gone home. Don't worry about it. (laughs) This is the best written movie ever. (laughs) Yeah. But they're suspicious and they're right to be suspicious when Ollie's decapitated head is then shown on a table while a man begins to sever the toe of Kana's friend. What is shown with... on a table, man? Hang on, to hang whom? On, hang on. Okay. Now we're getting into the grossness of this. This is this is a pretty gross movie, Peach. I'm really sorry about this. Oh, I'm fairly upset. Okay. Like the trailer was enough. Okay. Ollie's decapitated head is then shown on a table while a man begins to sever the toe of Kana's friend with a large pair of shears. Which oh. is pretty fucked up, right? Who's f- you okay? Remember, this is Eli Roth telling us that <laughs> this is what this you is, like. No, he's basically being like, "This is what the Iraq War is, or whatever." And it's like, it's <laughs> like that's an excuse, and that's a, as you say, that is a it's lazy satire. excuse. Um, although Josh is anxious to leave, Paxton convinces him to stay one more night. <laughs> what? Wait, 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 wait. Do wait, they already wait. know about the beheadings and such? Wait, wait, wait. Paxton convinces him to stay one more night and to have sex with the girls again. 
That is a horror movie trope. It's like oh, is it? bit, sp- just, spooky things just that happen, a bit more sex. but let's do some more sex. That night, Josh and Paxton are slip tranquilizers. Josh stumbles back to the hotel room while Paxton passes out in the disco storage room. Josh wakes up in a dungeon-like room and is approached by a man who drills holes into his chest and legs, which is pretty awful. What? His own chest and legs or to Josh's chest and legs? Then to Josh's chest and legs. Ugh. Yeah. The man removes his mask, revealing himself as the Dutch, Dutch businessman, businessman. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, tells Josh business. about his failed dream of becoming a surgeon. After what? Jo- mm. it's, Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. After Josh begs to be set free, the Dutch businessman slices Josh's Achilles tendon and uh, removes his restraints. Unable to walk, Josh attempts to crawl to the door, but the Dutch businessman slices his throat with a scalpel, killing him. <coughs> Which, oh. all of those things to me go against the Hippocratic Oath. Uh, none of those things have I <laughs> fantasized about. Yeah. Oh my how, Pitch, gosh. how you feel? This is this is a tough this one. Is, I'm, do we I'm need disgusted. a break? Do you need a break? Um, what you meant we to don't do? Have, you know what? We don't have to continue this. What you meant do to you do with stop? the vasovagal weirdness? You meant to cough because apparently it stimulates adrenaline, which is one of the weird bits of advice I was given from my neuro doctor, who's like brain fuck weird cough. So I'll just have a bit of a cough and I'll get myself together. <coughs> I reckon this is this is. This is really upsetting. This is upsetting. This is upsetting. Why don't we? How about when we get to a point where it gets a bit gruesome, I just say, and then your worst fantasy happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right? Is that gonna, that. Is that going to make it a bit better? No, like I think like I think this might be a bit of a spooko crescendo, or one of our spooko mm. crescendos of like, all right, well, let's just do it. Let's figure out what these movies about. This is... Uh, when this, you're watching it, what are you doing? I would be freaking out and I, maybe fainting at this time. So... I would not be able to watch this. This is probably the one movie on the list that I like definitively did not enjoy. I watched it because I... It was your I, greatest fantasy. It, it was one of those films where the marketing did a really great job to be like, this is this, this, this is, is the fucked. worst. Like, oh my God. And it's like, well, of course I want to see that now, right? And then it's like, oh, wow, no, the marketing yeah, was telling on. the truth. Like, it was actually telling the truth. So I think this is the one movie on the list where I spent a lot of the time just not looking at the screen with my fingers in my ears, as Eli Roth suggests, because I didn't want to watch what was happening on screen. <sighs> All right, let's, let's do it. Come on then. Yes, okay. eat the chili. Meanwhile, Paxton wakes up the next morning and returns to the hostel. He gets frustrated with the desk clerk who insists that he already checked out. And when he returns to his room, he's greeted by two women who invite him to the spa in an eerily similar manner to Natalia and Svetlana. Paxton finds Natalia and Svetlana at a pub and asks them if they know where Josh is. Natalia tells him that Josh and Ollie are visiting an art exhibit and she agrees to take him there. They arrive at an old factory and Paxton is horrified to find Josh's mutilated corpse being stitched together by the Dutch businessman. Paxton is then ambushed by thugs and dragged down a hallway, passing by several rooms where other people are being gruesomely tortured. He is brought to a cell where he is restrained in a chair and joined minutes later by a German client named Johan. Paxton begs in German to be let go. Okay, so you're starting to work out what's happening here, right? Yeah, it's like, like a, fuck, I don't know. It's yeah. a weird like kill factory. Yeah, let's like let's let's do it. Okay, Shaq, this is really upsetting. Why do people make movies like this? Well, that's the thing, and see, that's that's one of those things where I was saying before about like showing those quotes from fuck Eli Roth. This. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. So, 
After severing, uh, you know what? After revealing no, your no, greatest no, no. fears, uh, uh, are you sure? Yep. Okay. So after severing two of Paxton's fingers with a chainsaw, mm-hmm. Johan unintentionally removes his restraints as well. Johan charges at Paxton with the chainsaw, but slips on the blood and gore <laughs> caused by Paxton's severed fingers on the ground and severs his own leg during the fall. Paxton reaches for a gun and shoots Johan in the head. A guard enters the room, but Paxton fires two shots at him, killing him instantly and escapes the cell. Paxton enters another room and hides in the bottom of a cart filled with corpses and severed limbs. A a butcher takes the corpses to the bottom floor to be incinerated, and Paxton bludgeons him with a sledgehammer. He then takes the elevator to the top floor and enters the dressing room, where he changes into business clothes. With two severed fingers. He's just bleeding out of everything. Because he's bleeding, yes. But... But at this point, I think he sort of hides them well. And he finds a business card for the Elite Hunting Club, an organization where rich people pay to kill and mutilate tourists. So that, for me, that idea of this mm. Elite Hunting Club, I find quite interesting. And I think it's a good premise for a film. Well, we saw Van Damme's Hard Target in it's, 1993. It's basically that, right? It's basically like... And of course, the documentaries about the Iraq War. It's all the same. <laughs> it's all the same thing. This, to me, I always found the most chilling part of the film and really quite well done. He also meets an American client who mistakes him for another customer and picks up his gun. And they have this little chit chat thing where the client is quite gleeful. He's like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll use a gun. Maybe I'll use a knife. I don't know. I'm pretty excited. And Paxton's like, has to pretend that he's a client. And he's like, yeah, that sounds cool. But he's also like, I can't believe this is happening. It's quite a well done scene. And one of the few redeeming moments in my worst fantasies brought to life. (laughs) So Paxton escapes the factory, but returns after hearing cries for help. He enters another room and discovers Kana having her face burned with a blowtorch by the American client. So he's like, fuck this. He kills the American client and they flee in a stolen car pursued by guards. While driving, Paxton sees Natalia, Svetlana and Alexei and runs them over, killing them. Paxton and Kana make it to the train station, but after seeing a reflection of a disfigured face, Kana leaps in front of an oncoming train and kills herself. Kana's suicide causes a public scene and thus creates a distraction, allowing Paxton to board the train unnoticed. So hopefully he's getting out. Once aboard, Paxton hears the voice of the Dutch businessman. When the train stops in Vienna, Austria, Paxton follows him to a public restroom and throws the elite hunting card under his stall. When the Dutch businessman reaches down to pick it up, Paxton grabs his hand and cuts off the same two fingers he lost during his escape. He then breaks into the stall and nearly drowns the Dutch businessman in the toilet, but allows him to see his reflection before slitting his throat and killing him. Paxton then leaves to board another train to reach a terminal to return the USA. The end. Yeah, look, I mean, that was actually the most optimistic ending I think, mm. of any of the films we've dealt with. And I think it's almost in that sort of revenge category where this character has been brutally harmed and lots of people have been brutally harmed so when he gets this brutal retribution towards the end ever so small we end on this 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 feeling of triumph even though we've seen some pretty fucked up things there's a final girl element to this to paxton Mm. getting through all this i don't know i feel like there's a better movie and a less upsetting movie in there somewhere 
that Eli Roth didn't need to draw the longest and bloodiest bow in the world to make. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?